You're listening to the World Radio Day podcast series on SOAS Radio. We're here today with um, Anna Kessen, sport journalist for The Observer and The Guardian. Anna has covered the Olympian Games of Athens, Beijing and London, as well as World Cups and World, World Championships. In 2007, Anna co-founded the Women in Football Network with Shelley Alexander. Hello, Anna. Thank you so much for joining us today. No problem. So, first of all, um, could you tell us a little bit more about Women in Football? Sure. Women in Football is a network of women who are working in the football industry, predominantly in the UK. Um, we set up, when I was a, a young journalist, I hadn't long been in the industry, and going out and about to the match reports and so on, I often noticed that I would be the only female in the press box or, um, or, or working at the game that day. Um, and it would prompt comments of surprise and various other remarks. Um, and so I began to wonder about how other women working in the industry felt and whether they were isolated too. Um, and, and certainly they were, and that was the, the resounding message that came back. And so we decided to, to start a network um, to kind of share experiences and, and professional advice. And that went from six women sat around having a drink in 2007 to over 2,000 women now um, in our network who we put on events and, and workshops and training courses for. Okay, thank you. Um, in your opinion, uh, why do you think women are still an underrepresented group in the sport industry today? And why is it so important for women to create a more inclusive sport culture? I think women being un underrepresented in sport and certainly in football is a very long-standing issue. Um, in England, for example, women's football was banned in 1921. Um, it was banned for 50 years. And you can imagine, therefore, um, that the women's game today, for example, is still playing catch-up um, to the men's as a result of that. You know, 50 years without investment, um, 50 years without grassroots playing. And, and, this, and that kind of sums up the whole attitude of sport towards women. Um, there was an attitude of contempt and very real and cultural barriers to women taking part. And then, of course, that is replicated um, in terms of women working professionally, so not just as athletes, but whether they are in the media, um, whether they are the executives, the, the finance directors, um, the football agents, all the medics, all these different jobs across the industry. All right, thank you. Um, could you tell us um, about some of the projects that women in football have taken part in and the challenges that you faced in addressing the gender imbalance in the sports industry? Sure. Um, when Women in Football started out, we were very much a, a network that operated under the radar. And it was kind of word of mouth, women getting together and sharing their stories. And, and some of those stories were quite harrowing um, along the lines of the Me Too hashtag that we see now. Um, but as we developed and progressed, there came more and more of these incidents, very public incidents of sexism um, or discrimination against women in the football industry. And there was nobody to speak out and stand up against these institutions that were um, watching over these events and not really placing any sanctions on the aggressors. Um, and women in football soon became, as a result of that, a, a campaigning voice. Um, so we developed 
um, different responses and, and different projects um, really in response to what was needed in the industry. So we, we, we do a lot of upskilling of women and networking women, bringing them together and um, providing them with professional skills. But we also work very hard to lobby um, football stakeholders to try and increase the equality agenda when it comes to women specifically. And when I say women, I don't mean a homogeneous group. I mean women across the spectrum um, of all different backgrounds and demographics. All right. So it's been now 10 years that women in football exist and has been promoting equality um, in, in sport. Um, what are the changes in terms of women's representation and involvement in sport and more particularly around football uh, that you have witnessed in the last 10 years? Oh, there's been so many <laughs> challenges. Uh, when we started out, for example, it, it, you would find signs at football clubs saying no women allowed beyond this point. Um, there was a very high-profile example of Vicky Kloss, who's now a director at Manchester City. Um, she was head of communications at the time. She was physically um, prevented by a security officer from accessing the tunnel um, at Knox County. Of course, it was her job to go down the tunnel and, and go and communicate with the players, so she wasn't allowed to do her job. Um, that kind of physical barring still happens today um, and it's something that we, <laughs> we work to raise awareness of then of course you have examples of sexual harassment um, uh, maternity discrimination and gender pay inequality um, and then the more general examples uh, could be social media abuse that's taking place or everyday sexism or just not seeing women in positions of influence and power whether that's on our TV screens and um, you know, presenting, reporting on football or whether it's, um, or, or commentating on football, which has been such a huge issue um, over the years and, and going from Jackie Oatley being that first female commentator when we started in 2007, the first female voice on Match of the Day and the enormous um, outrage that that seemed to prompt from so many quarters um, to where we are 10 years later, we're starting to get more female voices on the football and less of a less people kicking up a fuss about it. Um, and then, of course, you know, the whole issue of women being in the boardroom. And so it's been great to see recently that the FA are now appointing those, um, those that 25% women on their board. Okay, great. Um, and more specifically around radio and journalism, um, how do you think radio and border journalism can tackle gender issues in sports and foster women's participation and visibility? I think journalism and radio have a huge part to play in in how we understand sport and how we view sport as a society. When we hear women on the radio talking about sport, when we hear those female voices talking expertly about football, it becomes quite you know it becomes the norm, and that's really important. If you if it's the norm in your house or in your car when you're listening to the radio, then it's going to be the norm when you're on the football terraces. Um, seeing other women uh, singing along, it's going to be the norm when there's women in your football workplace who are joining in the conversation and providing their expertise. So, you know, I'd, I'd, I don't want to say that it's completely down to media to normalise women in football, but they play a huge part and that cannot be underestimated. Um, and it makes it all the more important when we have these incidents um, whether it's in, in newspapers, a lack of representation, there's very few female football writers still, uh, whether it's not enough women um, reporting or anchoring football coverage, we are starting to see more and more, which is great in the last couple of years, that's really changing. Um, or whether it's, you know, sexist remarks, um, 
however flippant, taking place um, between male presenters or pundits on on football coverage um, and and stamping out that kind of behaviour. Um, all of that plays a really important part in making women feel and actually be part, an integral part of the industry. Okay, thank you. Um, well, that was my last question. Um, so if you have anything to add, feel free about your organisation or um, any message you want to give to the audience. One of the biggest points of argument around a woman commentating on football, as unbelievable as that sounds now, you know, there was huge debate about it, particularly when Jackie debuted on Match of the Day in, in 2007, was whether a woman's voice sounds right commentating on football. And, and that's a wider question for sport generally. And there was a similar question around uh, when it was the first time that a woman ever read out um, the football results um, on the Today programme whether the, the tone of her voice, the pitch of her voice was right. And um, it was been interesting speaking to um, voice trainers and coaches um, who work with, with people who are doing commentary and talking about that moment when you have to describe a goal and, and your voice escalates and the adrenaline rises um, and often the, the pitch of anybody's voice rises, a man or a woman. Um, and that they tell women specifically to kind of rein that in and make sure that their voice does not get too high because that will be offensive to listening. And I, I find that a really interesting discussion. Um, what is the correct tone of voice for for anybody to have? You know, is it wrong for a woman's voice to be higher than a man's? Um, and I understand that whether you're male or female, you have to create that balance between conveying the excitement of a goal but not completely losing the plot. You still need to be professional and say what's happening and rein it in. Um, certainly in English radio anyway, I think it's different in other parts of the world when they're calling girls on, on the football commentary. But that's a really interesting question. Can a, can a voice ever be too high? What, and if it is, what's wrong with that? Isn't that just a, a kind of cultural conditioning that we have rather than that a high voice is actually if offensive or unprofessional to listen to? Okay, um, thank you very much, Anna, and um, we no wish you all the best with uh, women in football. Thank you so much. Thank you for taking the time to be interested in the organisation.